Have you heard the old saying, you must love yourself before you can love anyone else? People often share that as the ultimate friendship and relationship advice, but they don't provide any guidance on how to love yourself. It just leaves us feeling either defensive, like it was only our fault that our relationships and friendships failed, or it leaves us with more questions and answers. How do I love myself? What are the steps? Where do I get started? That's why I want to invite you to a three-day virtual conference, Love Yourself First, How to Develop Supportive Friendships and Meaningful Relationships. For three days from February 10th to the 12th, join me and five other amazing coaches, experts, and professionals for this empowerment event. At this virtual conference, you'll learn the secrets to loving yourself so that you can create lasting connections that will enrich your life. Tickets are on sale now. If you use my promo code PATTERNS20, you'll receive a 20% discount. That's PATTERNS20. Also, because we know you'll want to share this love with a friend, if you buy two tickets in a single transaction, you'll receive a 50% discount on the second ticket. That's right, you'll receive half off the second ticket. So if your friendships and relationships are missing the joy, affection, and genuine conversation that you deeply desire, then you need to get your tickets for this three-day Love Yourself First conference. Reserve your space by going to alwaysloveyourselffirst.eventbrite.com. And don't forget to use the promo code PATTERNS20. Once again, get your tickets at alwaysloveyourselffirst.eventbrite.com and use the promo code PATTERNS20. I'll see you there. Hey, what's going on? My name's Coach Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his, and you're listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In each episode, we'll explore topics that inspire you to be yourself, live your truth, and make lasting friendships. In this episode, we're going to talk about boundaries and how I had none. Very weak ones. Very poor, sad ones for a very long time. So I'm not really sure if you want to or not. I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but if you're interested in listening, maybe come along. time. So if you're new here, I'm a trans man. And I share that with you because this story had taken place before I had transitioned. So I am presenting as a cis woman who is also dating cis women. So that would make me a lesbian in those terms back in the early 2000s. So that's when this story takes place. And I'm going to tell you about this time where I was dating people, <laughs> laughing, just thinking about how goofy the story is and how far I've come from this experience. But man, it's a good one. Let me just get into the story. All right. Once upon a time, I used to find my dates on Craigslist. All right, right there. That should tell you what kind of story this is going to be. All right. But I have no shame. I was in my early 20s 
and I really didn't have a great example of what dating is supposed to look like. What I knew is that the more masculine person was supposed to take the other person out for a meal and then pay for it. And the more expensive and flashier the place, the better the chances are the couple will fall in love. I blame every single 90s rom-com for my line of thinking in that case. So, with that in mind, I would take my Craigslist dates out to dinners and lunches and I'd spend like between $50 and $60 for each of these lunches. But unfortunately, most of the time, I didn't even get a great conversation or even a tiny, tiny spark of connection that I'd hoped for. So after several weeks of this, I vented my frustration to a coworker who suggested that I take future dates to less costly places like a coffee shop. He insisted that I should not be investing so much into others who didn't feel the same about me. And I thought that was solid advice. That was brilliant. So just as my coworker suggested, I spent less money on the next date. We went for lunch and I had set a boundary. I was so happy. I said, hey, you can pick wherever you want. I'll pick you up, but you have to pay for your meal. I was so proud of myself because I said, you have to pay for your meal. I was so proud. I set my first solid boundary. I felt empowered. I felt important. I felt respected. However, I come to find that they didn't like this idea In fact, they didn't like it at all. They hated it. And when they expressed that to me, I panicked. I thought I was going to die on the inside because I didn't want to lose this person that had my potential love connection. So I made some concessions. Okay, I backed up on my boundary. I made some concessions and I agreed to pay. But this is where I got a little, little like, yeah, I still want that boundary that I insisted that we go to a cheaper place. So, you know, somewhere where the menu items weren't more than $10 a plate. And she agreed. And I was thrilled. I was like, yeah, okay. I set a boundary. Not too bad. Not not the first thing I wanted, but I negotiated a new boundary, right? I was proud. I'm flexible yet firm. That's me. Go me. I'm flexible yet firm. And I was excited when I picked them up. I was excited because I was like, I'm flexible and I'm firm. And everything was going just as planned. We were kind of talking. This conversation was a little forced. And she said something that went me just stop. What? Hmm? What? She said she's going to order the most expensive dish on the menu. I was shocked. And I wasn't really sure if I should be upset or whatever. I was kind of suspicious and I laughed it off because I thought we were just having fun. I rationalized that we were just having fun because I told her how I didn't want to spend all this money and stuff. I told her that. She's obviously joking because I put up my boundary. I'm flexible yet firm. But to be sure, when we got to the restaurant before we placed our orders, I looked up and down that menu to see what the most expensive item was. Was she messing with me? I had to know. Mm. The most expensive item on the menu. And I waited for her to order and she ordered the salmon. And y'all, the most expensive 
item on the menu was the salmon. I felt this hot rage, hot hate come out of my chest, up through my chest and out of my mouth where I raised my voice at my date and, I, and the innocent waitress. I said, no, uh-uh, no, you're not getting that. No, don't take that order. I commanded the waitress. Don't take that order. My date's going to get something different. And then I turned to my date and I pointed my finger in her face and I said, you're not getting that. Choose something else. My reaction was intense and unexpected from everyone, including me. I didn't realize that I was that angry, that frustrated. So here's what I find remarkable about setting these boundaries and maintaining them. My self-esteem at that time was so low that as frustrated as I was about the whole situation, I was not angry enough to leave the place. And we still ate together. And I paid for everything. Paid for everything. I think she got a grilled cheese sandwich. She didn't get that salmon. Nah. Flexible yet firm. <laughs> but I paid for everything and I drove her back to her place. And it was awkward. It was so awkward. Looking back, I realized that I put up with that behavior because I was lonely and I was afraid to lose this one random person that was paying attention to me. And that was all that is. I thought that I was gonna miss out on an opportunity to find the love of my life, to find a real connection because we didn't have an opportunity to eat together. Those boundary violations weren't bad enough for me to cut my losses, even though they caused such a visceral reaction in me. And uh, I, I'm almost ashamed to admit that afterwards, after that incident, for months after that incident, I thought my life would be different if I had just paid for the salmon. If I had just given in that I'd have a partner, right? <laughs> I laugh at that now because man, I know that is nowhere near true, but I struggled for years upon years like that. My relationships looked just like that. I didn't know how to set boundaries. I didn't know how to reinforce them. I didn't know what boundaries were. And after that incident, I thought, well, setting boundaries seemed like a hassle in the first place. They seemed like a hassle because it seemed like it was more work to build and keep what they were. Because look what happened to my date. Why set up this boundary in the first place? When I could have just bought the salmon and we'd have been great. We'd have been gravy. But again, I know that's not true because I had been in similar situations and I had essentially bought the salmon and I'd been really upset with the fact that I had to buy the salmon in the first place because I didn't set a boundary. But I had no clear plan of action for building boundaries. I didn't know how to reinforce them and I didn't know how to deal with the painful feelings associated when one does not respect your boundary. As a result, my boundaries were weak. They were weak. But I come to realize that as much of a hassle as setting boundaries can be, I know that building and maintaining healthy boundaries is the key to lasting friendships and meaningful relationships.
At the very beginning, now my healthy self, at the very beginning, that poor Lee back in the day, man, as soon as she said that she wanted to pay for her own, she wanted me to pay for her meal, today, I'd have been like, oh, well, goodbye. (laughs) I already said this is what I want to do and what I expect. And if you cannot accommodate that, then we are not going to be connected because I'm already going to resent you. I know this now, but that's something that Lee didn't know back then. It's okay. It's a journey. It's a life journey. It's self-discovery. So years later, reflecting back on that situation, I've come to discover that there are two major reasons why we have weak boundaries. Like we develop weak boundaries. Two major reasons why weak boundaries won't allow you to maintain genuine friendships or relationships or meaningful relationships. The number one reason, well, the first reason that I discovered was that I had weak boundaries because I was not prepared for whatever actions I needed to take to reinforce the boundary. So when I said no at the very beginning, I was not prepared to handle what would happen if they went against that. I was not prepared for it. So I didn't know what actions I should take. Well, well, I think when they say no, I need to just give a little more to make them happier, to compromise. But that's not the action I needed to take. The action that I would need to take is to honor however I felt in the situation. And that would be to say goodbye because I know I don't want to pay for your meal. I want you to have your own meal. I want you to be self-sufficient. I'm there for conversation with you. That would have been the correct way to go about it. But I had no idea how to reinforce my boundary. I had no idea what my steps would be. Number two, I was not prepared for the feelings I'd have if the boundary was not respected. So in the instance where I had set my boundary, we went to the store, we went to um, the restaurant and we sat down and they ordered something way more than I wanted them to order. I was not prepared to say, hey, I told you that I don't want you to get that. Instead, I reacted. I inflamed. I was furious. And that's something that would cause me not to have a great friendship because no one wants to be yelled at, right? Even I mentioned that I had trouble setting boundaries and I created this boundary doesn't mean that because they violated means that I need to come out of calmness. It doesn't mean that I need to do that to get my point across. I can still use my words to illustrate or to speak my discomfort or my dismay. And it'd be a hopes it'd be in hopes that I I would be heard and I would be understood and that they would recognize that they've crossed this boundary and they tested me, but they're not getting far with it. You know, and we can still be connected, we can still be friends because of it. If it was a smaller boundary crossing or something like that. But this one, no, I never seen that person again. And no. But the point is, is that I was not prepared for the feelings that I'd have. And I let those feelings overtake me and allow me and have me do some things that I normally wouldn't do. So, you know, that's my story about having weak boundaries. I actually felt so 
bad about this situation. There are many more stories that I have too about how I've gone on dates with people and they've essentially, I've allowed them to take advantage of me in, in some way. But we're going to say take advantage because I don't want to say take advantage, honestly. Maybe I'll make an episode about this, but I don't want to say it will take it. They've taken advantage of me. I've given what I thought that I should give. I was fulfilled in my moment, hoping for something that I didn't receive. Okay. But I voluntarily did what I was, did what I wanted to do. It's not that they stole from me or anything. They gave me attention and I paid for that attention. And that's how I feel about it. You know, um, it's a freeing feeling to feel that way. But the whole point of this is to talk about this weak boundary that I've had. It's become much stronger because now I'm prepared to let people go. I'm prepared to do something differently if my boundaries cross. If my boundaries cross, I recognize how I feel about that and I don't let my feeling overtake me and have me do something that I don't want to do or wouldn't normally do. And you know, finally, I really understand what my boundaries are and can communicate them very clearly. That's something I could not do in my 20s and even early 30s, but I'm here now. Now I say it all that to say this, it's the holiday season. And if you're struggling with boundaries, if you're struggling with giving to your friends, partners, family members, or whatever, I hope this experience will shed some light on it. Don't do more than what you want to do because it's going to ruin your friendship, your relationship, your connection with them because you'll start to build some resentment in, in with whatever you do for them. Speak your clear boundaries. Speak your boundaries very clearly and let them know how you feel about things. Let them know what your capabilities are. Let them know what your capacity is. But don't say yes when you really mean no. It'll cause damage to your friendship, relationship, and it may even cause you to lose a little bit of peace. I'll be right back with the answer Reddit friendship advice question. This week's Reddit friendship advice question is how to save a 20 plus year friendship. I'm a female with a best friend of 20 plus years. I've been married for 15 years with three kids and he's perpetually single with no desire for relationship, marriage, or kids. We spend quite a bit of time together, both as a duo and with my husband. He's been there through every major milestone in my life, and I, his. I know, that probably seems weird to a lot of people, but I can honestly say we have never dated or even been attracted to each other. But here's what I'm struggling with lately. We've always had very different religious and political views, but we've always had a rule to be respectful of each other's differing opinions. We've had arguments, but we've always apologized and moved past it. But... He has gotten older and it seems he's gotten more extreme in his views and less tolerant. He makes me so angry sometimes that I don't even want to be around him. Not only has he gotten more extreme with his views, he's turned into someone I hate going out into public with. He seems rude and impatient. For instance, we recently took a day trip together on some of our favorite hiking and climbing spots. There was a bit of a mix-up with one of our reservations and he flipped out. I was still embarrassed. Like, I understand being upset when there's a screw-up that's not your fault, but there's usually a way to handle things that doesn't involve berating someone nearly to tears. I just don't know what to do. I tried to talk with him about his behavior. He doesn't see a problem. I know he's been stressed and tired from work, 
but I feel like there's more he isn't telling me. I'm almost at my wit's end. I love him to death, but I'm realizing that I really don't like being around him anymore. I don't want to throw away a 20-year friendship, but I'm a realist. I know people change and not always for the better. It's just hard to let go. Do I let go? Or do I keep trying to break through and salvage this? I'm really glad to see that you've made it a 20-year friendship. That's absolutely amazing. And as I would I would suspect that you've noticed that there seems to be a deeper problem with them. There's something else going on with them rather than the surface level of uh, being stressed with work, stressed and tired with work. There's probably something else that's happening that is making them more frustrated. And I'm feeling, so from, from my point of view, from my experience, I know that anger is a sign of powerlessness. When you feel powerless, you try and change your environment by yelling at it, pushing it, trying to destroy it, or whatever you need to do. But expressing anger um, will help you impact the environment in the way you want. That you That's how anger works. And from that, you'll feel esteemed. You'll feel like, oh, yay, I did it. I made them cry. Even though I, I didn't get what I wanted in the... I didn't get the trip fixed or whatever, but I made the other person cry. I feel good that I did something. I changed the environment in some way because I feel powerless. And I imagine that there's something else going on in his life that makes him feel more powerless. What is it? You don't know because you have a life and you're not them and they haven't told you. They're hiding something. And I'm like, well, as a 20 year plus friendship, it's awesome that you recognize that it's there. You recognize that what he's doing is not matching up with what he's feeling and you can see that so i wonder as as a, a dear friend to him if you're able to create a space in which he's able to talk about what's going on i normally talk about how i notice people's behaviors i notice that you're more angry these days and i'm concerned that you yelled at a person and made them feel sad and i i'm concerned about you this is not like your normal behavior. Is there something? I suspect that there's something going on. I don't recommend asking questions. I just, I don't recommend asking questions if you can, if you can avoid it. Because um, asking questions kind of asks them to be vulnerable, open up. It prompts them to be op- to open up. But I recommend laying your cards all on the table and saying how you feel about everything and speaking from your point of view. Just as I said, like, I noticed that you have been yelling and more angry or you have been yelling and I'm concerned about your yelling because you haven't been like this before. I think there's something else going on. I'm here for you to help you. Something like that, that will allow them to open up and share with you. And if, if they aren't willing to open up, then it is within your right to create some space between you and your friend. I know friends evolved. You said that people change and it's difficult because it's a 20 year friendship. But if you allow this to continue in your space and you suppress your feelings about how it feels to you, you suppress your feelings about it and just be like, well, I've known him for 20 years. I guess this is how they are. You suppress, you suppress your feelings about that, you are going to be resentful and frustrated with them. And your friendship will fall apart anyway. So 
if you have to put some uh, space in between you two and say, I want to see you when you feel this way or when you're behaving this way, when you're in this environment, so we can have a genuine, joyous time together, then do that to preserve your friendship. Don't try to change him because he's going to resent you for changing him. If you try to change him, you don't like him. <laughs> you don't like them. You want to change somebody because you don't like them. They need to be somebody else. So just stay out of the space in which you put that effort and energy into changing him and focus it on creating spaces where you two can connect with each other and have the joyous times that you have been in the last 20 years. All right. Thank you so much for posting, Redditor. I know you didn't ask me to answer, but I did. And I hope this really helps. Best of luck to you. Take care. My name is Coach Lee Hopkins, and you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. You can find me at PatternsofPossibility.com and on all social media at Patterns of Possibility. And as always, I want to encourage you to be yourself, live your truth, and there you'll make lasting friendships.